0: Welcome to the Strategic Investor. Join us as we interview some of the world's most productive asset managers and uncover sophisticated and unique investment strategies in the markets. Here is your host, Charlie Wright.
1: Hello and welcome to Strategic Investor Radio on OC Talk Radio, where we bring you investment strategies you are not hearing elsewhere. We'd like to welcome today Brian Spratt, Portfolio Manager at Miller Howard Investments, a portfolio management firm headquartered in Woodstock, New York. And Brian is talking to us from Columbus, Ohio. Brian, welcome to Strategic Investor Radio. Thank you, Charlie. So, Brian, uh, you focus on utilities, telecom, energy sectors, and others. And you are now the Portfolio Manager for the recently established Infrastructure Fund which is a a name we've heard for the past uh, year and a half since uh, the 2016 election so give us a short background of yours will you Brian?
0: Sure, well I'm one of the portfolio managers and principals at Miller Howard I've been in the business for over 27 years and helped grow and manage uh, some of the Miller Howard strategies for going on 14 years now I'm a part of an 11-person investment team, though, with the combined experience of over 150 years, and um, we also have an ESG team that focuses on sustainability as another layer of risk man- management at the firm. Um, I've been focused in the infrastructure area for most of my career, and uh, unlike a lot of people that often don't think it's that interesting or exciting, I love talking about the companies in my space.
1: Well, I can see that, uh, first of all, utilities, telecom, and energy sectors for 2017, 17, I believe, were the three worst performing sectors in the U.S. economy. And number two, not only that, but more so for excitement and understanding <laughs> and interest is they are among the most, probably the most regulated, especially uh, on the utility side. So I am sure that your efforts to understand the various Uh, regulations and and done on a state level keeps uh, everything very, very dynamic in in your field. So tell us about the infrastructure fund and tell us what infrastructure means for your fund and for the firm.
0: Sure. Well, first, uh, we define infrastructure as essential services or foundational assets in society that basically make up the backbone of the economy. Core infrastructure assets generally provide the framework for economic growth and social development worldwide.
1: Okay, and um, they include what here, Brian?
0: We, we include five categories or groups. Some people want to call them sectors, but they're a little more broad than that. Um, first, uh, broadly defined utilities, that's water, gas, and electric and waste. Uh, second category is global communications uh, third category is energy infrastructure primarily in the midstream space fourth category is transportation and logistics and then finally we include a category called enablers or companies that help build out and support infrastructure
1: so tell us Brian about uh, about what percentage of the total economy does infrastructure make up uh, given the the definition you just provided us here
0: well, that's a little tough to answer. Um, I didn't prepare it. It depends on what you're comparing it to. Uh, but percentage wise, when you think of communication, depending, depending on how you broadly defined it is a kind of a, a lower mid single digit in the S&P 500. When you look at utilities, something similar, a little bit higher than that in energy infrastructure, uh, and transportation and logistics. So if you look at those just narrowly, uh, it would probably make up roughly a quarter, Uh but the reality is, is there's trillions of dollars in this infrastructure category, and we also include a category called enablers that help build out, I think the picks and shovels that are bringing the innovation, and improvements necessary to build out the infrastructure of tomorrow. So our definition is much broader than that. So if you look at our universe. It's, it's about $2 trillion of potential candidates, if you will, that could be in this type of strategy.
1: Okay, about $2 trillion. So, so, so that's big enough to keep your life interesting, right? So uh, tell us, if you were asked this weekend by a neighbor, uh, why should an investor or an advisor consider investing in infrastructure as Miller Howard um, defines it, what would you say?
0: Well, first, we, we believe infrastructure is poised for considerable growth in the years ahead. Uh, we see very identifiable macro growth drivers or tailwinds to each of the five groups that I just mentioned. Um, we also believe investors are looking for a more conservative way to invest in the stock market. Infrastructure investing offers very fertile soil for healthy dividends, and we believe getting paid in regular, real time intervals in the form of cash. And using the power of compounding in a more purposeful way are good things to focus on when investing in the stock market. And we also think our clients like to get a raise every year, regardless of the normal ups and downs of the stock market. And then infrastructure assets are long life, long duration assets, typically monopolistic in nature. Uh, they're very, have very durable business models and often demand is somewhat in, inelastic. And if you think about it, like as an example, if you lose your job, you don't go home and unplug your freezer or cancel your cell phone service.
1: You know, those are great points. Uh, uh, it, it, it's a growing industry, and we all recognize that. And It's growing for a number of reasons. I, I'm sure the utility sector is growing because we want renewable energy. And uh, they, we always need more power, and we in California certainly know about the challenges and problems and issues uh, dealing with all of that. So, so these are actually dynamic industries, although they may not be seen as dynamic investments. And so one is there is growth. Two, they are conservative because you're right. They're, they're always there. They're, they're long-lived, as you say. So when you think about it, I had never really thought about those things. They, are, they can be quite boring, but on the other hand, they are stable and foundational, and uh, many of them do pay an uh, in interest, uh, and, and you can get a raise every year. So all of that stuff uh, makes sense. In addition to the renewed interest that there's been, um, not only by the current administration, but prior to that, there was a lot of talk about the, the infrastructure needs of our country etc but on the other hand let's ask this question here brian what misconceptions do you see that investors and advisors have about investing in infrastructure as you, as miller howard uh, describes it
0: well that's true because often infrastructure companies are viewed as boring or lack growth but uh, clearly uh, as i just mentioned we well uh, we see very, very attractive growth in, in all of the areas that we focus on in the strategy. Uh, but also let me add that at Miller Howard, we like boring. You know we like durable business models and monopolistic and uh, businesses and that provide healthy and growing dividends. and we're willing to be patient and methodical investing in these physical, tangible real assets. Uh, we also think, uh, like I said, that there's significant growth drivers in each of the categories and uh, uh think that that bodes well for the strategy today and going forward. I, I wanted to mention too uh, earlier that we've, we've managed this strategy since 1991. It's our longest running strategy. We launched it after doing a 45-year study comparing utilities to bonds, and it really highlighted the uh, superior risk-adjusted uh, opportunities and returns in this area by focusing on quality income and growth of income, and it, it might find it interesting that originally we called this strategy "Better Than Bonds, Utilities."
1: Interesting. Yeah, well, was not aware of that. Now you say this strategy started in '91, and yet this is a new fund. So what's the difference between this is eight? a new
0: fund that we just started the end of February, but it's our longest-running strategy, and uh, Um, There has been a lot of talk about infrastructure investing since uh, President Trump was elected and a lot of headlines on the subject, Um, uh, but I would like to point out that we've successfully navigated for over a quarter of a century in this space through different technology changes, regulatory and environmental changes, uh, administrative and policy changes, uh, and think we have the skill set and core competency to continue to do so going forward.
1: Okay, and what do you find to be the biggest objections uh to Miller Howard? I I know you're not meeting with advisors and investors that much, but but as a company, what has Miller Howard found that what are the obstacles to kind of overcome at this point to persuade investors and advisors to participate in a fund with this kind of uh this kind of strategy?
0: Well, one, I think that there's, there's this perception that uh, higher yielding equities, uh, face the biggest hurdles in a higher or rising interest rate environment. So the interest rate, uh, pendulum has been swinging in one direction for 35 years since the early 90s, or right. sorry, the early 80s. Yeah. Going from, uh, mid-teens to historic lows in the last recent years from quantitative easing, uh, Federal Reserve is, went from tapering talks to actual tapering and and raising rates, uh, and many Federal Reserves around the country and central banks around the world have uh, been doing the exact same thing. So rising interest rates is one uh, headwind, but I would argue it's a headwind to all financial assets. It's clearly a headwind to bonds because when rates go up, bond prices go down. But right. like I mentioned earlier, this unfixed income stream from these high-paying and growing dividend uh, uh, parts of the equity market provide, uh, I think, a very sound alternative.
1: Yeah, no, no, no question about it. Especially in the energy space, those those uh, dividends can be a very, very significant here. So, how does a company qualify to get into your fund? You've got five different areas. Do you try to have a certain number of positions per area? To be kind of equally weighted and diverse, or do you try to be more tactical, over and under weighting? And are are you do, do you do any small cap? Are they all large cap? Uh, how does a company qualify to get in? Well, first we're
0: uh, cap and uh, style agnostic. We're we're looking for the best uh, companies, often. Uh, uh, the best in class, and, and that often in this space is some of the larger cap companies by default, but we do have uh, representation across the, the size spectrum. Um, in the case of uh, uh, what we look for and how we allocate between the five categories, we do have a overriding. We want to have at least 80% of the assets in these capital-intensive core infrastructure-type companies, we provide up to 20% in what we call enabler companies. So that could be technology companies. That could be uh, pick-and-shovel type companies that actually build or uh, uh, lay pipe in the ground or build transmission lines, as an example. Um, and the way we allocate is we want as much diversification as possible between the five categories. So we have representation in all of them. Um, typically, we have a, about 35 to 45% in what we call uh, core utility exposure, um, uh, 15 to 25 percent in energy infrastructure exposure as well as communications exposure, uh, and, and then, uh, uh, generally the 10 to 20 percent range in transportation, although that may go up in the future, but that's where it's been, uh, historically. And then the rest in enablers. Uh, so when you think about the kinds of companies that are in this portfolio, they're generally more defensive in nature. Uh, they're generally uh, less volatile than the market. And what we've just seen and experienced uh, since kind of the Trump uh, winning the election and some refer to it as the Trump bump is uh, more faster growing and uh, more momentum driven companies have done better. And, and many of these areas of the market have lagged um, and even felt pressure. But we think that the overriding longer term growth picture is totally intact, and we're very optimistic, especially from a relative to other parts of the stock market uh, today and going
1: forward. Do you have any renewable energy focus in this fund?
0: Absolutely. Um, uh, One of the things about the utility space is we've seen a dramatic shift in the last decade from going from about 49 percent in coal-fired generation uh, uh, to about 30 percent in the last decade. And at the same time, we saw natural gas go from the low 20 percent range to uh, the low to mid 30 percent range uh, coming from natural gas. And in fact, natural gas consumption in the electricity space has grown 34 percent in the last decade. At the same time, we've seen renewables go from about 9 percent of our electricity to uh, approaching 16, 17% today in the last decade, but significant part of that growth has come in just the recent uh, few years and we expect that to continue. And this portfolio has several companies uh, that are directly uh, benefiting and participating in renewable I- expansion in, in the U.S. and abroad.
1: You know, often the the uh, sectors or, or- area segments of the economy that you're talking about here, utilities uh, and, and uh, energy transportation, et cetera, have been heavily, heavily dividend focused. Do you see uh, that aspect of this fund being widespread or is it pretty well limited to those two and maybe, you know, uh, 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 some other areas?
0: Well, this is definitely a, a very attractive yield. The current yield on the portfolio is about 4.5%. Uh, just as importantly, the projected growth of yield is in the 65 to 7%. Um, we think that that as a backdrop for any kind of equity portfolio is a pretty sound footing, um, and in the case of uh, uh, the different categories, pretty much all of them are contributors to that uh, income generation in this portfolio. I would just say that the, uh, some of the enablers or in some cases, may not have a dividend, um, and that's not a requirement. Uh, but clearly, a uh, dividend is a big piece of the infrastructure investing space in, in the way we manage it.
1: Okay, appreciate that. So, so tell us here, Brian, uh, Miller Howard uh, has been in this space for about three decades, and uh, you've been in this space for a long time. Give us from an insider's view. Okay, we think of infrastructure, again, as being old school, stable, uh, highly regulated, but in many ways, it's it's quite dynamic. So uh, how has the world from an insider's view, how, how has the world of infra- infrastructure changed since Miller Howard and you entered this space uh, so long ago? Well,
0: uh, let me walk through the different areas. First, in utilities, we've seen a significant amount of consolidation. And we expect that to continue, primarily in the U.S., um, because of many countries around the world will have just one or a handful of utilities servicing the entire country. In our case, um, we have dozens, and we've seen a significant amount of consolidation we think that will continue. That can act as a catalyst and, and some extra dynamics or octane to uh, stock selection. Um, I talked a little bit about electricity shifting from coal to gas and and the growing renewables. That's adding not only uh, not only a catalyst to the utility space, but uh, rate based growth potential from. Uh, uh, additional connections on the grid and, and upgrading the grid to make it more efficient and more robust. Um, in the case of energy, uh, we've seen drilling technologies improve dramatically uh, in the U.S. and kind of the U.S. has led the world in this. And we've seen a dramatic increase in domestic oil and gas production. And that's had a profound impact uh, not only within the energy complex, but uh, each and every one of us has benefited from uh, this technology in and, and drilling that has provided us with low-cost natural gas and abundant supply of natural gas that uh, makes all of our home heating bills uh, less, all of our power prices less, and so that's had a, a pretty dramatic impact. And probably the most significant changes have occurred in communications as the evolved from uh, wireline to wireless from pre-internet to now talking about internet of things and we've barely completed 4g and working hard already to see 5g come to fruition and the and the power of the network and the new capabilities it will bring i mean when you think about looking at history and you imagine the future what will 5g bring or internet of things and cloud computing um, the i Uh, The idea of 5G, or uh, as one technology company refers to it, as the unifying connectivity fabric, uh, what it represents, it could be the missing link to really drive the real power of the Internet. So stay tuned. And communications is one of the more fascinating and dynamic parts of the strategy and uh, uh, very optimistic on uh, driving uh, some alpha generation going forward in that space. And then, finally, uh, when you think about e-commerce and, you know, kind of the brick-and-mortar challenge uh, in shopping, uh, now with the click of a button, uh, magically a box appears on your doorstep tomorrow. Uh, that only happens because transportation and logistics infrastructure has been built out and put in place to make that a possibility. And we refer to transportation and logistics as really the hands and feet to e-commerce. And I hardly think that uh, that's, uh, that's not going to slow down anytime soon.
1: Well, my only question to all of that here, Brian, is can you ever afford to take two weeks off to take a vacation? The world may change too much by the time you come back here. <laughs> so, Brian, <laughs> well, a question we like to cool. ask all of our guests here, what keeps you awake at night?
0: One of the challenges um, in focusing on these, Capital intensive and highly regulated uh, parts of the economy is uh, political risk, uh, regulatory risk. Um, and we've seen some of that disruption. Um, even the tax legislation has created some wrinkles that's had some uh, disruptive effect in in how t- uh, tax uh, deferrals are handled by utilities on um, the pipeline space, there's been a FERC regulation. Uh, shift uh, in the policy recently that's had added some disruption there. It so has political yeah. and regulatory risk is clearly uh, something that we're constantly thinking about and and trying to anticipate what it could mean to the the strategy.
1: Yeah, the the word tariff, aluminum, <laughs> China have all taken on new meaning just in the past month here. So uh, no no question about it. Uh, yeah, that, that that's a worthy cause to keep you or anyone awake at night second question Brian we'd like to ask all of our guests what book on investing would you recommend for our listeners
0: well this probably uh, sounds just like a plan I'm not uh, I don't read that many investment books anymore we're a very research focused firm so we're constantly reading studies and, and doing our own in-house research but uh, I, I like to point uh, potential people and interested in Miller Howard to uh, the founder of our firm, Lowe Miller, that wrote The Single Best Investment, Creating Wealth with Dividend Growth. It's just a, it's an easy read. It's a fascinating book. Um, but I did anticipate that question, and you asked uh, other uh, guests about what's the last book you read. And I wanted to mention the book I recently read, uh, not exactly Investments, but I think it is because it's about your life, called The Last Arrow by Erwin Raphael McManus. It's not familiar with that.
1: Good I- Life. Tell us briefly about it here, Brian. Well,
0: it, it's this idea that your last arrow. I'm 54 now. Um, I'm the last of the baby boomers. I was born in 1964, um, and I'm in my second half of my life. And I'm thinking about how I want to uh, spend the remaining days of my life. And that's that's the gist of the book. And I won't go and elaborate. But it was a fascinating book, and it really uh, sparks a lot of thoughts. Uh, kind of tying that into the investments. Um we're ten years into this uh, uh, nine plus years into this bull market that was sparked by dramatic uh, federal um, uh, fed reserve monetary easing even uh, uh, stimulus by the government. and a lot of people are asking what to do with your money or how to position yourself today and uh, and when you think about going forward looking to enhance your Uh, exposure to companies that you can't live without. Uh, They have a very durable business model uh, that pay you something today and and likely to pay you more tomorrow. We think that these are the kind of areas that more and more investors should be looking at as a more, uh, just as much defensive positioning as well as ongoing offensive position in the stock market.
1: You know, defense versus offense, uh, no question about it. Uh, Very, very important in investing. So Brian, Brian, For those who would like to uh, learn more, where can they go?
0: Our website is mhinvest.com. It would be the easiest place uh, uh, to seek out uh, information on our firm, Miller Howard Investments, mhinvest.com.
1: Okay, thank you very much. And final words for our listeners here, Brian.
0: I would just say there's been a lot of talk about infrastructure under the new administration Uh, but the truth is regardless of the politics each category the strategy has very identifiable growth drivers the miller howard infrastructure strategy and fund is a diversified portfolio of u.s listed global infrastructure assets and enabler companies we have a long history and core competency investing in these capital intensive and often monopolistic and highly regulated infrastructure companies. And we've successfully navigated many technology changes, regulatory environmental changes, and political administrative changes over the last quarter of a century since 1991 in this strategy and believe we have the skill set to navigate the future. But we believe this strategy makes a lot of sense for investors looking for more sources of income, lower correlation, I'm sorry, lower correlation or a different payout pattern, if you will, to other equities and increased exposure to more defensive foundational infrastructure
1: assets. Brian, thank you very much. Uh, you, you make uh, some compelling points there. We really appreciate you coming on today, and our best wishes to you and Miller Howard in moving forward with uh, all of your strategies in helping uh, investors through dividends and growth in the infrastructure and utilities and other related areas. Thank you again for being with us here today, Brian.
0: Thank you, Charlie. My pleasure.
1: Again, we've been talking with Brian Spratt, Portfolio Manager at Miller Howard Investments out of Woodstock, New York. You've been listening to Strategic Investor Radio on OC Talk Radio. We'd love to hear from you. Info at strategicinvestorradio.com. I'm Charlie Wright, wishing you an enjoyable week and productive investing. Strategic Investor Radio is a production of OC Talk Radio and is provided for educational purposes only. Content of this program and the views of the guests should not be considered as recommendations by OC Talk Radio or investment advice from the host, Charlie Wright, or any other entity attached to this production. Investors should always consult qualified financial, investment, tax, or legal professionals prior to investing.